today on The Breakdown. In 2016, it was heads-up time at EPT Dublin, the main event. And there was a 200,000 euro difference between second and first place. And one man, a professional poker player, faced off against another man, a professional DJ. The DJ was trying to spin up some moves and spin up his stack. We're going to break down one particular hand about, you know, what happened in this particular time. I don't know. On The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Particularly, so close. That's, per, that's a particularly good intro, John. We almost had that one. <laughs> you did okay for a second. I like that you mentioned that he's a DJ. That's fun. That was good, right? And I got to spit up the, the stack. That was okay. And then I had, then I was, then I was bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So the the pro you referred to is Dmitry Urbanovich, who probably about a year before this occurred took the poker world by storm by yeah. final tabling and winning a bunch of high roller events in a row at age 19. Something like that, right? Yeah. Something like that, which was kind of crazy. And so at the time of this, he's probably 20 or 21. Okay. Yeah. He I was... think it might've been his first world series in 2017 because he was 21 for the first time. Mm. So he's probably 20 here okay. in 2016. Uh, his opponent, Gile, I think we think Bernier's 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 is a German DJ. And I guess he, at least amateur poker player who plays frequently Student and part-time poker player, 27 years old, as they are uh, playing this heads-up match. Or yeah. now heads-up. He looks heads like up. a DJ. When, once you know he's a DJ, you're like, yeah, that guy's a DJ. He looks like a DJ. He also looks very young. He looks like a student also. He could be 19. He also looks a- incredibly nervous, which is probably why he looks so young. Mm. Now, he's doing this weird breathing thing that I think a lot of people were aware of at the time. That it was like kind of a discussion about oh, this yeah. guy and his breathing. Super it's noticeable. Like, He's about to hyperventilate, essentially, the whole time that this hand is playing out, and probably the whole time this heads-up match is going on. I think it was the entire final table, and possibly the entire tournament. I remember seeing other clips from the final table, and he was always doing it. Like, yeah. anytime he was in a hand, he was breathing super hard and intensely. But I think at some point, like, he's just really nervous no matter what, and I don't know if there were any you know fluctuations between when he had and when he didn't. Maybe, maybe there were, but I don't know if anyone picked up on that since he... He said, now we're heads up. It's That's possible that he was extremely nervous and he found that that was a way to just be consistent. Like mm. it, it, it would calm his nerves enough to breathe in that way and he could do it consistently that other ticks wouldn't happen as easily. It's also possible just that uh, he's an amateur and he might normally give off a lot of tells, but if he got so nervous that this breathing thing just overwhelmed him, that it sort of was too much data for anyone else to be able to pick up on it, like sort of, you know. Um, drowned out some of the other smaller tells he might be doing because that was so big. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like actually hard to pick up on things p- potentially with him. There was a guy way back in the day, like WPT season, like two or three, Chris, somebody or other, who won one of the events and he had like all these facial ticks. And actually the other players were saying it was impossible to get anything off him because he had so many ticks all the time. You couldn't, you didn't know. It was mostly just ticks. You didn't know. Yeah. He was just and, nervous. Yeah. And I don't even think it was nervous. I think he just always has like weird blinking facial stuff. Oh, so he has Tourette's. I don't think he has Tourette's, but I think he just had facial tics. Uh, Tourette's is mostly facial tics. But it's other stuff, too. Uh, 10% of the time is the verbal stuff. The rest of the time, it's all tics. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, probably had Tourette's. Maybe he did. Yeah. Maybe he did. I don't think this guy has any sort of disease or disability at all. I think no. he's just nervous. Yeah. The Bernier's. And of course, we're going to make a video on this, so you should watch that if you want to really see what we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, we don't think it factors in the hand at all. Nope. It's the, the hand itself has some weird stuff that happens, which is why it was suggested by Brian with a Y. Mr. B. Mr. B. Mr. B. That's an Arrested Development reference. Good job. Yep. It's from the Charlie's Theron arc. 
Well done again. Yes. Name more things. Col Meany was also in that same arc as her uncle. Okay. You asked, you, you got. <laughs> well done. Yep. Uh, of course, Brian suggested this on Twitter. We are number two poker guys on Twitter. If you want to suggest a hand for the breakdown, include a YouTube link and timestamp that YouTube link. You can do that by right-clicking on the video at the time you want us to start seeing the video. Yeah, and just to be clear, for those of you who somehow are, this is your first time listening, uh, when Grant says we're number two, we are the number two. We're actually two poker guys, and it's the number two poker yes. guys on Twitter. Two poker guys. Although I think we've kind of overemphasized that over the years. I think you could probably just search the poker guys on Twitter, and we would come right up. Yeah. I That's think that would a great be no point. problem. I think you're almost certainly correct. Yes. But our handle is two poker guys. Yeah. Not anyway. Just, not one poker guy. You can tweet at us other stuff, too. You know, yeah, we like, accept that. Like, we love you guys, or like, use, use the best. Use the best. <laughs> yeah. U-S-E space T-H-E no, I'm thinking, B-E-S-T. No, I'm thinking more like, kind of like a, a New York mafioso yeah. way. Like, use the best. Yeah. Yeah, that type of way. But Like, use the best. Like, the best soap. Use the best car wash. Well, you should use the best soap. Do you want to be dirty? I don't know. You, do. <laughs> you don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> no, I mean, there are probably pros and cons. What are, what are the pros of being dirty? Uh, you sort of build up more immunity to certain things. You know, if you like, if you keep yourself too sheltered and protected from all the diseases. You can use non-antibiotic soap and still not be dirty. Well, is that the best? It can be. <laughs> You're asking me that. That's one another another um, pro of being dirty is some girls like that. Some women are into that. That's I would, true. I would that is absolutely true. You ever hear a grunge? You don't think there were ladies into grunge? Of course there were. I would guess that the majority of ladies are not into that. Oh, but we're not talking about the majority. We're talking about a subset. Is that are. a pro though? You have. Do you want to seek out those women? Well, they they would want to seek out me if I. And do you want that to happen? I don't know what I want. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. I'm just coming up with pros right now. Another pro is uh, potentially blend in a little bit more to like the forest if someone's hunting you. Like probably the movie good. The Hunted with Tommy Lee Jones and Benicio. Del I didn't Toro. see that, but yes, you didn't see that. No, is it you good? know that occurs in Portland where we are. What do you mean that occurs? The movie. Really? Yeah, oh, but it's not a true story or anything, is no, it? No, the movie is shot in <laughs> Portland, Oregon. Oh, no. You should watch all the Portland movies. I there's a, there's a lot to catch up on still. Yeah, I know. Okay, anyway, let's talk about poker. Okay. So we are heads up. This is the biggest poker moment of this Bernier's guy's life for sure. By a million. Urbanovich is just calm and steady at age 20 because he's like, I've been there, done that a million times at this point. Yeah. yeah. By the way, when they came into this... Uh, now, when they, early on in the heads up portion of this event against the, the, these two guys, Bernier's had a huge, overwhelming chip lead, and Urbanovich has been chipping away at it. Not surprisingly. Yeah, but. I mean, Urbanovich is clearly a huge favorite at this point because uh, the blinds are 60 and 120 k. Bernier still has the chip lead at 9.7 million, but Urbanovich has 8.3 million. Right. So, very workable stack. Clearly the favorite over this guy. No question. Yeah. But this, this hand is pretty weird, so let's get to it. Okay. It starts with Bernier's on the button slash small blind. He's got ace 10 offsuit, ace of spades, 10 of diamonds. He makes it 300K. Seems totally normal. Yes. Uh, Urbanovich in the big blind has three, four of clubs. He calls. That seems totally normal. So far, so and good. And Urbanovich is the effective stack with 8.3 million. So we have deep effective stacks here at 120K big blind. Right. Okay. 640K in the pot now. And the flop is jack of diamonds, deuce of clubs, five of diamonds. It's a pretty good flop for Urbanovich. He flops open-ended with a backdoor flush draw. Mm -hmm. How do you think you want to proceed in general as Urbanovich when you're in this situation with this hand? Good question. 
in general? Uh, well, I think when we're not heads up, we actually have... Well, no, we could do some more heads up too. I should, I, let me take that back. I think in general, we want to look for places to take the initiative with this hand. Because, because we, have we have four high. Low. Yeah. yeah. Um, that doesn't mean we should always do that. But as a general rule, we should, right? Like, we want to do that probably more often than not. It doesn't have to be... Like, a lot of people take that kind of advice and then think, like, well, that means I have to check-raise the flop. Um, or I have to be aggressive on the flop. It doesn't mean you have to be aggressive on the flop, but you have to be aggressive somewhere most of the time. Yeah. And I think we can use sizing, uh, Bernie's sizing, as one way to make some decisions. Also, we just want to mix it up a little bit, so we're not... Like, one of the problems I think that happens a lot in these spots is players raise the flop a lot in this spot. Like, they check-raise the flop. Yeah. And it's sort of like someone who's used to being raised and isn't upset about being raised when they have anything at all is going to look at that board and say, well, there's not that much you can really have, right? I mean, like, there's a lot of draws, and there isn't a lot of value. And so if I have anything, I'm probably not going to fold. Right. Although I imagine in a heads-up match, Urbanovich is check-raising a lot of his jacks here no sure no but even if you're saying that like he has very few two pair hands he has no straights because there's no straights he has probably no sets yeah it's just not that much value even if he's check raising some of his jacks true some of his good good jacks plus there's just not that much yeah and there's a lot of draws so like people mostly don't fold when they have anything you know yeah that's true so like but but if you but if you show aggression later in the hand sometimes you can get sometimes you can rep a different range which is more powerful yeah, I agree. We shouldn't certainly we should be raising the flop sometimes too, but I just think you got to be a little careful not to always just raise the flop in these spots if you're going to be aggressive. Yeah, and I think actually there's evidence that Bernier's is not a guy you should be check raising the flop against because it goes check check. So yes. Bernier's quickly checks back his ace high that is like usually the best hand. It seems like most players are going to bet to protect here in a heads up scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the Jack Deuce five board. So that means when Bernier's bets, he's probably not going to be folding to a check raise too frequently. That's a good point. Um also, I, I kind of like this check because Urbanovich is the kind of guy who is very bluffy and yeah. very razy anyway. So if you bet the ace high on this flop, you may often get yourself in spots where you may call the check raise, but are you going to call check raise, bet, bet? And if you're not, you're putting yourself in a, what against this type of this player in particular. He's going to take that line a lot against you, you know, yeah. like like a much higher than some than a lot of other players would. So, like, I like checking back the very medium strength at best showdownable hands that really can call two streets that are, rel- if they're small sizing, relatively comfortably against a guy who's going to be very bluffy. I agree with that from an exploit standpoint, especially when Urbanovich is sitting there looking at you like you're the biggest fish in the world, and yeah. he's like, I'm going to destroy you. What, yeah. what are you going to do to me? Right. From a more theoretical standpoint, I think Ace-10 kind of falls in our betting range here because we don't have that much value on this board. The Jack Interesting point. Board. Interesting point. Um, we have not that many better ace highs. We have very few pairs. Yeah. And we if diamond, we don't, we have diamond draws, but we, diamond draws, maybe a few open enders, but yeah. not too many, a few gut shots, but not too many. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think this is definitely a bet, uh, from a theoretical standpoint, from like a frequency based yeah. standpoint. Yeah. You're probably right. Like it's probably in the top 60% of hands, right. right? Which is where we're looking to be betting more or less. Right, but I definitely understand not wanting to bet it against a guy who's going to check raise a ton, yeah. and we're just going to be in, in crap land. I think Dimitri's a, a really good candidate to, to play a lot of pot control with. You know, Yeah, although if you're this guy against Dimitri Urbanovich, maybe you should be looking for him to check raise us sometimes in three betting on these flops where he can't have that many things, mm. because we're like, we're not as good as this guy anyway. We might as well put some pressure on him. 
Okay, that's not crazy, but I wonder if we should be doing that with different hands than this then. Like, shouldn't we be three betting with a hand with some equity as opposed to what might be no equity, like yeah. shots um, or even, I don't know, this feels like it's, it ultimately falls somewhere in the middle versus like the no equity hands and the strong equity hands. I don't mind betting here. I don't, I don't think you're necessarily wrong, but, um, and probably once in a while just raising to raise can't be that bad against a guy like this. Yeah. But I wonder if like, especially when we're in position with a showdownable hand, at least... Some of the times checking the flop here is probably a good idea. We can't do it all the time. He's going to figure that out pretty quickly. He's a very smart guy, clearly. Yeah. Right? If we start checking back, this is something that I saw a lot in last year's WSOP. You start checking back the flop, it becomes very easy if you're doing it with a particular part of your range for Urbanovich to know what you're doing and be able to play perfectly against that. Right. So you have to do better than that. But I think this, but I think this should be in our check back range at least some of the time against this player type. I agree, okay. and, but I think it's interesting to talk about like era wise because I think we just went through an era that has probably just recently passed where a lot of the air quotes good players are are checking back all of their medium strength hands yeah. heads up on the flop, and that's just highly exploitable. No question. Like they're they're checking back like a couple super super strong hands, and then all of their medium strength hands, and none of their weak hands, yeah. and none of their pretty good hands, yeah. And the, but there's mo- a lot more weak hands than there are strong hands. So when they bet, they almost never have it. Right. It's I feel like what, that happened from like 2014 to 2017. It certainly happened last year at the World yeah. Series. I don't know what it's going to be like this year. I, right. I hope it's still like that. Yeah. No, because that's so easy to play against. Yeah. But yeah. So I think. I mean, a lot of people are still going to be doing that for sure. I, I'm oh, not sure. I mean, it's an easy way to play from your perspective with yes. your hand. Right. It's just exploitable if somebody figures it out. Right. Yeah. So I think that that's a huge mistake that a lot of high-level players were making for a long time that yeah. is finally shifting towards more of like, I guess I have to bet some of my showdownable hands that don't really want an aggressive action to occur against them. But if I don't do that, it's just too exploitable. Yeah. It's interesting, too, because this kind of stuff only matters if your head's up against a good player, right? Yes. If, you're up, if you're up against a bad player, all this stuff works great. Yeah. So you have to sort of identify who your opponent is and then play accordingly, which is what poker all is all about, in fairness. Right. Right. So anyway, goes check, check. Yep. It's a long discussion to say that goes check, check, but that's what we do here. That's who breakdown. we are, man. That's the brand. That is the brand. And the brand also likes to talk a little bit about Nitrogen Sports Poker Room, Jonathan. They do. Because Nitrogen Sports Poker Room is a sponsor. That's a reason to talk about them. Another is. reason is that we actually believe in them. They're a honestly good online poker site. Yes. Not only are they good in terms of just solid in all the ways you want them to be solid, they pay out super fast. Takes like an hour to get your payout when you pay out instead of days. That's amazing. The, it, it costs no money. You don't have to go through anyone. Like some other place, you have to talk to someone or it takes days or processing or whatever. Um, the software is good and smooth. But even beyond that, as based on all of our interactions with them, and it's been a year and a half they've been sponsoring us now, so it's quite a while. Yeah. These are like stand-up, legit guys with integrity, which is not something you're always going to find in this world, you know, in this in this culture, the, the in the poker online poker world. Is a, world. I mean, not just online poker. The poker world is fraught with shadiness. Yeah. So... Which is a problem, but nitrogen is above that. They they legit they legit have been, and you know we always have stories about how they like accidentally guaranteed a bitcoin in one of our free rolls, and they found out about it because I told them just before the free roll started, and decided not to cancel the tournament and let everyone play for a bitcoin instead of like ten millibits or twenty millibits or something, you know. So at the time that was like an eight thousand dollar mistake by them, you know. Yeah. So like, and they just like, yeah, it's fine. It's on, it's on us, and like no. Um, I don't know that any other site in the world would have done that. And just like, they're pretty sweet and it's, it's, it's really worth giving them your 
uh, poker business if you're looking for a place that you can believe in because we believe in them. Right. And if you believe in us, a way to show Nitrogen, who we clearly like that you believe in us, is to use the link in the description when you sign up for Nitrogen. That not only shows Nitrogen that we are, you know, producing results for them as a sponsor, but it also allows you to play in exclusive Poker Guys events such as our monthly tournament, which has an insane overlay. Yes. You need a thousand players to meet the monthly guarantee that they put up. So they put, they guarantee 100 millibits in this tournament. Thousand players to do it because it only costs a tenth of a millibit to play, which is less than a dollar. And uh, we usually get like 50, 60 people. We had 73 once, which means you're getting something like 14 to 1 on your money, which means you should always play this no matter what. It's the greatest deal in poker. Yeah, just do it. Use the link in the description. Get up in there. Yep, it helps us a little bit. We think it's good for you. You get to play with the poker guys. We're usually playing in that tournament, probably not at the end of June, but in general, we're usually going to be there well, playing it. Well, it's July right now. So. Well, I'm talking about what just happened then, apparently. Yeah. It's hard to know when we're recording this, when this is coming out. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of pre-World Series recording going yeah, on Yeah, right it's now. June 1st. <laughs> just between us, it's June 1st it's June when we're 1st right now. We, we, what we've done, let's just give them a little insight That's into fine. the poker guy's life, you sure. know? It's, it's like um, the surreal life. It is just like that. Yeah. With uh, Zach and what's his face, right? Who? Go on. The st- I'm thinking of the sweet life that's on the Disney No, the show. surreal life is where like D-list celebrities all live together and oh. like get drunk. The, the sweet life with Zach and Cody, I think, was on the Disney Channel for a number of years. Very popular show about tweens. I did not know that. <laughs> Please go on. A um, little insight. You know, we are recording this on June 1st because Jonathan and I are heading down to Vegas uh, on the 8th of June and we got to get all of our breakdown podcasts at least recorded before then for and to get our videos out to get everything out get everything scheduled for you guys so we don't miss a beat you know right. we got to make sure we keep churning out that content for you guys we will of course be re- recording some podcasts while we're down there but at this moment, we don't know what we're going to talk about on those podcasts because they're going to be about our World Series experiences. Yes. So hopefully at the time you're hearing this, we're Jonathan and I are both much richer based on our oh. World Series experiences, and we've done quite well because, you know, that would be sweet. That sounds amazing. I'd yeah. like to sign up for that, please. Yeah. Grant, who listens to the podcast in July, uh, future Grant, is going to be so sad listening to that part if we both just brick everything. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're going like, to be sad remember, anyway. Remember the time of optimism? Yeah. <laughs> remember those times? We're just, we only have another week of that. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then reality hits one way or the other. Yep. That's but, you true. Know, got a full month to try and make it work. We'll see what happens. All right. Let's get back to the end. Okay. All right. So. We have uh, 640K in the pot. Check, check on the Jack. Deuce, five, two diamond, one club board. Urbanovich has three, four of clubs in the big blind. Bernie Ace has ace, 10 off with no flush draw back door of any kind. The turn is probably the most interesting turn card in the deck. It's the 10 of clubs. Yes. I guess the ace of clubs would have been pretty interesting, too. Although I think it's less so because uh, the kid, because Bernie Ace opened and Urbanovich defended. Based on what's going to actually happen on the turn, I think it's more interesting because because it's less likely to have hit um, Bernays, right? The ten, yeah, versus yeah. an ace, which Urbanovich would assume often is going to hit Bernays. But that wouldn't matter because Urbanovich would have made the nuts if an ace came. Oh yeah, so he'd be happy. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Forgot yeah. about that. Instead, Urbanovich now has a combo draw, although there's only one card to come, and he still does have the nut low. Yeah. And Bernays has uh, a ten for second pair with mm-hmm. the best kicker, which rates to be the best hand the vast majority of the time. Sure. So Urbanovich decides to bet this card. He bets 400K into 640. What do you think about this decision? It makes sense to me. Because he has four high and we want to build a pot. I mean, what are we hoping? It's going to go check, check again, and the kid gets to call easily. Kid's going to have an even easier call with his ace high on the river or his two sixes or something. Like, let's like, this sets us up to be able to put some pressure on him on the river, whether we get there or not. 
Uh, I th- think we absolutely have to bet Ezra Bonovich. Even though we expect we're going to get called a fair amount on this fl- on this turn, but we can bet bigger on the river, and it's going to be hard for him. Yeah. Now, it depends on if Bernier is the type of guy who is going to be the player we described earlier who is always checking back his medium strength hands on the flop with the intention of calling all turns and then like reevaluating rivers. Mm-hmm. Um, in that case, it might not be the best time to bet, but I, I think the moment is so big for this Bernie Ace guy that we can bet pretty much with impunity. Also, we've got a lot of equity in this pot, you know, and it's not that so bad to build a pot when, when we get there, it's going to be a little hard to see. Yeah. I mean, a club is a club is a little bit easy to see, but it's not a guarantee that we're going to have it. We could be we're, we're Bronovich. We could be repping anything. You know, we get there a third of the time or so. This is pretty great. Well, here's where things start to get real interesting. Okay. And I don't know if this is just amateur hour or if there is some high level thought behind it, but Bernays raises yeah. to one million. Yes. He has ace 10 on a jack 10, deuce five, two diamond, two club board. He's got no club, no diamond in his hand. What do you think? I don't understand why. I just don't get it. Yeah, neither do I. Like, we checked back because we were trying to induce bluffs with a with a reasonable bluff catcher. I th- I hope that's why we checked back. Either that, or it's because we're scared and we missed. And right. We don't know okay, and we're just going to give up on a lot yeah. of turns. Maybe that's what's going on. Um, but okay. But then we hit this ten, and we rate to have the best hand most of the time. Urbanovich can be betting draws or even just air here. If he's got a jack, he's not going to fold anyway. He's not going to fold the better hand when we race. I don't think it's a bluff. What's he supposed to call with? I think Urbanovich will call with a five here. We're heads up. He'll call with a 10 for sure. He'll think about calling with five. It depends on sort of our image, right? I mean, Urbanovich is obviously calling with this hand, like the massive combo draw. Yeah. Of course, he's calling with that. But I wonder how tight Bernays really is or not. Bernays. Bernays is or not. I guess we just don't know the answer to that. We don't know the answer. Um, So... It seems like a perfect calling hand. It does. It really does. But I'm going to ask a couple questions okay. here. Um, first of all, what type of hands do we think Urbanovich shows up with here when he bets the turn? What are, what's his range looking like? I mean, I assume he's going to bet all jacks, yep. all tens, yep. straight draws, flush draws. There's two different flush draws potentially out there. Um, I don't know if he's going to bet a five when the 10 comes up, but he might. You know what? He probably does. He probably does. So just to protect his equity. He probably does. I'd be happy to take it down right now. He's trying to win a million small pots probably. Um, but I think he also might just be betting complete air. He's Urbanovich. Like it's possible he has other stuff too, which doesn't have anything to do with this board. True. Okay. Based on the range you just said. Yeah. It seems like kind of a good race because, because all the tens are great for us. If Urbanovich decides to continue, all the fives are great for us. If Urbanovich decides to continue. Okay. All of the draws that you mentioned are good for us because we're charging them and we're putting more money in when we're ahead. Yep. So the, the only jacks, thing we're missing out the on the jacks are the only problem, really, because right. he doesn't really have many sets in his range as played preflop. Here's my question. That's fair. My question is: so the river comes. Let's say the river's an innocuous card. Okay. It's the seven of hearts or something. All right. Let's just go with that. What's our plan? Assuming Urbanovich checks, which we would assume he's going to do. What's our plan? Are we going to bet again for value, or are we going to check it back? I think we're going to probably check it back. Me too. So I'm not sure where the value really is coming from then. Like Urbanovich, we're probably getting two streets of value either way, no matter how we do this, except now we open ourselves up to getting to getting blown off the hand on the turn. That's a very reasonable point. I think we're, we're, we're winning a lot more from the weaker tens and from the fives this way. You don't think if we call, he's going to check call the river with a five or a ten? I don't know. I think he's definitely calling with a ten. Yeah. Maybe not a five. But, like, we can have all the draws. We can have king-queen. We can have stuff that misses. And 
I think a five is going to have to strongly consider calling. And we, if a five isn't going to call the river bet, it may not call the race on the turn anyway. Yep. I agree with all the things you said. Cool. I tried, I tried to defend it and I yeah. think it's a bit more defensible than it may initially look. I agree. It's I'm surprised actually that it's more defensible than it is, but I, I agree with you. Like Urbanovich has a lot of things. He's not folding. The other problem of course is Urbanovich may not just call with all his draws. He's no. Urbanovich. He may just say, you're nervous. I re-raised with my king queen. And now what have we done? Now are we going to call a three bet? Because if we're not going to call a three bet, we've just put ourselves in, in a bad spot. But I don't know if we're in good shape against a three bet. You know, like we, we just open a lot of doors. We don't need to open here. Right. And that's where I want to, once again, indict the raise and by asking the question, what does it look like we have as Bernie Ace when we raise, having taken this line? 10-10. Yep. Uh, that makes perfect sense. Uh, maybe we slow play other sets on the flop. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, we could, we could have slow played Jack-Jack. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, I don't know what else we have here. That we have a lot of draws. Yeah. We have a lot of club draws specifically because the club comes on the turn and we didn't bet the flop. Right. Like king right. queen of clubs makes all the sense in the world here. Yes, it does. It does. And I don't believe this is a point when a DJ was probably betting his overs and two back doors. If he's checking back ace 10 yeah. right on this flop, he's probably checking back right. that too, which is fine by the way to do that. Yeah. Um, okay. King queen of clubs does make perfect sense. Eight, nine of clubs. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. All, all of which are horrible for Urbanovich, by the way. Yeah. With his three, four of clubs. Right. But it's heads up. Yeah. He could have other stuff. You kind of, yeah. it's like, well, maybe his top set and he's just going to have to pay off on the, you know, we're going to get, I'm going to win a huge bet on the river one way or another. If I get there, you know? Yeah. That's not so bad. Right. All right. So Urbanovich can't fold. No. Do you think you should consider three betting because it's such a weird play and it like, a lot of the time he's going to have to like, he's going to probably fold ace 10, right? If Urbanovich makes it two and a half million. I think so. And this is, goes back to like, this is why another reason, as we were saying, not to love this play and why yeah. maybe pot control against Urbanovich is just going to work better. Most of the time. Um, the problem is if the kid has a set of tens or a set of jacks, we may blow ourselves off a hand that we might end up winning the tournament with. If we don't do that, like just, but it's relatively cheap to call, right? We've yeah. 400. He made it a million. Yeah. It's super cheap. We're getting an amazing price. We're Urbanovich. We can take weird lines on the river if we want to. I don't know. We can make sure we get value if a club comes. If we miss, I don't know. We could, we're probably just going to have to check fold if we miss. But we could, there's different things we can do, right? So I think we just have to call. I'd be really concerned about three betting and getting blown off the hand the, yeah. the few times the kid really has it. And, when he, and if he's bluffing, well, that's actually, if he's bluffing, that's great since we have the nut low. I mean, how often does he really have it? Though? Not very often. I mean, we're talking about these sets being in his range, but come on, this kid's nervous as hell. He's going to bet his sets on the flop. He's going to protect his sets most of the time. Yeah, he is. And there were two diamonds on yeah, the flop? Two, yeah, two diamonds. So, like, yeah, he's probably betting. He's probably betting Jack-Jack. So now we're down to just 10-10, three combos of 10-10. Yeah, which, which he by probably the way, bets on the flop anyway. Exactly. He might be betting that anyway. Yeah. Against Urbanovich, he should be betting that. He yeah. should be bet calling that and probably never folding that right. against him. And just like, I hope he doesn't have it. So really, he, I mean, I mean, in practice, as yeah. long as our assumptions about this kid are anywhere near correct, it feels like he doesn't actually have any sets in his range. Yeah. And he doesn't have Jack 10 in his range. He's going to bet that on the flop, too. You got to believe he's going to almost always. So maybe three betting is a great idea. Maybe you're right. Like he has like mostly this type of weird hand and draws that are better than our draw currently. What if he has king, queen and clubs and he just decides to go all in? It's one combo. Yeah, you're right. And eight, nine is two. And yeah. even if we come up, queen nine is three. But there's not that many. combos. Yeah. You're right. You're right. That's true. And we block like the ace wheel combos yep. of clubs. That said, those three combo draws that are better than our combo draw are the hands that make the most sense as played. Yes. 
I mean, Ace 10 doesn't make sense. No. It's a very strange line to make this race. I think part of it for me as Dimitri, I would sit there and like, I don't understand what the hell is going on with this kid. I've got a hand that would really love to see a river. It's relatively cheap to do so. I can close the action. I think I should do that and not mess around. But if you could go to the next level and figure out, there's very few combos of stuff that I have to worry about here. Maybe we can actually make the race. We have to believe he's got some bluffiness in him, though. Yeah, we do. And sometimes these kids, these nervous kids, check back like top set. You know, they just yeah. do. And then they raise the turn, and we decide to three bet because what can he have? And then he's, and then we lose this huge pot and never even get to see the river, which is just awful. Yeah, well, I'm, I, the conclusion I'm coming to here is I think the only mistake you could make is folding. I think three okay. betting would not be a mistake. I can't disagree with that. Yeah. I mean, there's so few things he can really continue with, and most of them don't make sense. Yeah. Most of them. And honestly, if he has king, queen of clubs or eight, nine of clubs, he may not shove. Anyway, he's probably just going to call because we can have any two pair at this point, right? That we're, we can have jack 10 for yeah. sure. Um, so he's probably just going to call. And then we could all like, we're going to have to bluff the river a lot if he just calls, right? Now we have to bluff the river if he just calls, I think. Yeah. Because the only thing we're really listening to there is some weird two pair hand, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense anyway. Mm-hmm. So like... It's a, so maybe, maybe three betting isn't so bad. Like even if he has king, queen of clubs, like we can just bet the river and you know, if we don't improve or if we do improve and hopefully it'll work out. We all, we can always hope. Yeah. I'm all about hope. It's like the end of uh, Shawshank Redemption or Star Wars episode four. Yes. An old hope. Yeah. An older hope. Cause it's from a galaxy long, long time ago. Yeah. And far, far away. So it has a, nothing a dis- to do with the age, a distant hope. A distant oh. hope. I like that. I know. That's really good, isn't it? I think that's the name of my next autobiography. <laughs> Not the f- first few, but no. the, the, this, autobiogra- this autobiography you're going to be doing is covering ages six to six and a half. Six to six and a half. A distant hope. Yeah. <laughs> it's 500 pages. Uh, yeah. This is the ninth in my autobiography series. Of yeah. course, beginning with ages zero to four months called The Birth of a Legend. Mm. Yeah. Ages four months to one year called A Lot of Poopin'. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pick pretty short up. it's a pretty short book that second one book them up pick it up on amazon.com that's a-m-a-z-i-n.com mm. uh that's where sounds th- like amazing.com but okay well i mean that's the, that's is that not the big one that jeff bozos owns <laughs> i think so yeah okay. hard to keep track these yeah. days all right let's go to the river okay <laughs> all right so we have now 2.64 million in the pot Urbanovich with the three, four of clubs, Bernius with the ace, 10 offsuit on the Jack deuce, five, two diamond, one club flop, 10 of clubs on the turn. The river things get a little pear shaped. They get a little wonky doodle. They've already gotten pear shaped. Yeah, but the fairness. river, I think there's going to be one indefensible thing that happens on the river. I'd like to ask a question before we get to that. Okay. You said pear shaped. Is that possibly because last night you and I were both at the same poker table. I was handed a pear and I said something about this is actually pear shaped. Is that why? If think? it's possible. I think it is. I think everything influences subconsciously what people may say in the future. So mm-hmm. it's, there is a, at least a small probability that that was an effect. Probably a big one. Probably a big probability. But let's go on. Let's move on. How can you say that? I, you don't have all the data. You don't know what documentaries about pairs I watched last night. I don't. It could have been about pear-shaped pairs. It could have been about circular pairs. Depends. I have nothing to say. That's obvious. I, you've done it. <laughs> you've succeeded. <laughs> All right. 2.64 million in the pot. The river is so weird. Okay. The river is a five of hearts. Right. Which is, you know, Urbanovich is sitting there with a the nut low. And he decides he wants to lead. Yeah. 
which I think is a cool play. I think he can rep a five. I think he's the guy who can rep a five. Yeah. So this makes a lot of sense. Like he's, if he bets a five on the turn, he kind of has to call for the price he's getting. With the, this wet aboard and after the kid checked back the flop, I think yeah. we're probably calling a five. Probably. Yeah. Um, and now like, hey, he can have a five is the point. He absolutely can have a five. So that's good. The interesting thing about what Urbanovich does is the sizing. And I, I really don't think he would do this against a player that he thought was really competent. Mm-hmm. Because he bets 425k into 2.64 million, he's given the kid an incredible price. Yeah, the guy has to call 425 to win 3.1 million. Yeah, that's insane. It's like seven to one, a little bit better than seven to one. Sure, that's not a price you hear of very often in poker. No, it's not. It's not too common. Getting limit, five limit to one is pretty special. In limit holdem, you can get seven. Yeah, to I've one. gotten that price many times in my life. In yeah. limit holdem, uh, mostly you call. All right, so. What do you think the reasons are for Urbanovich choosing this sizing? I mean, I think it's pretty clear he's now saying, or he's aware that a, per, a portion of Bernier's raising range on the turn is draw heavy, and none of them would have come in on this five. Yeah. It's impossible for any of them to come in, and he can rep a five reasonably well, so it's a nice combination of those two things. Yep. And he's just saying, you just have to fold a lot of your draws here, right? Like, if you have king, queen of clubs, can you really call? Good luck. Like, it's not even ace high. Like, yeah. that's not easy. Eight, nine of clubs, queen, nine of clubs, other clubs, other diamonds that you decided to check back on the flop, perhaps. I don't know. You know, like, we can come up with stuff, a lot of stuff. If you happen to have a strong hand, you're going to call. Fine. But, like, look at the price I'm giving myself, even. He's oh, saying yeah. to, like, bluff at this. It's a big pot. It's, a, it's incredibly cheap. I don't think he expects to fall at anything showdownable. No, he's giving himself six to one to bluff. He, he's basically saying when you raise the turn, like you have to have a very strong hand or you missed. So I'm getting eight to one that you missed. That's pretty darn good. Like you're going to have missed way more than that, right? That makes sense. Six to one. Six to one? Yeah. Okay. Still, six to one is an amazing price. More than 17% of Bernays's, uh, Bernays's range should be misses here. Yeah, I agree. So, seems like it's just a, a really good play. Uh, against this guy. I don't think it would be a good play against a player that he deemed like truly competent and mathy. Like you make this play against Justin Bonomo, Justin Bonomo is going to probably find a call with ace high. Um, yeah, I think that's going to happen a fair amount. The other problem, of course, that Urbanovich has with this bet is he has very few hands, even with what he's repping, he has very few hands that he could actually call a raise with. Like trip fives, based on the action, if Bernays were to raise here, Bernays has full houses, right? He's got tens full of fives. And he's yeah. got jacks full of fives, right? I, I mean, think that's, so. that's what he has a lot of the time. You think so? Um, and Urbanovich almost never has a full house. He can have flop two pair, bet the, t- bet the turn with a five in it. So he can have like 10 five suited yeah. or something like that, or jack five suited, I guess. So there's a few combos of that stuff, but very little. Five do suited, like there's not much. Yeah, so... It's no secret at this point that Urbanovich is not going to win this hand. Like, this kid may be nervous, but oh, he's yeah. not going to fold a 10 here. Of course for... he's not going to fold a 10. This is an easy call. This hand's over. Urbanovich should lose. Like, it's cheap. It's easy. And you're like, whatever. I'm going to win a lot. Yeah. Instead, something else happens. Now, yeah. Urbanovich is going to lose the hand, but the way he loses the hand is very questionable. Yeah. Let's, let's get into this. Bernier's moves in. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about how much that is? Let's start with that. Okay. Urbanovich started the hand with 8.3 million. So far, he's put in a total of 1.7 million. Okay. How much more is it going to be? 6.7 million more. Wow. Interesting. What the hell? Okay. Let's talk about it. If you're Bernier's, 
let's okay. Let's assume deep levels of competence first. Let's try that. Okay. Let's, we'll, let's we'll, see if we can construct a reason to do this. By the way, Abramovich calls <laughs> with the nut low. <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So Abramovich, of course, is going to fold, and Bernie yeah. is going to win this hand, which he was going to do no matter how the river played out. Yeah. Pretty much. Okay. But let's see if we can let's see if we can come up with reasons why this is good. Okay. If you're Bernier's, you raised the turn, got called, and now you're worried, oh God, he's got me. He's got a jack or he's got trip fives. Right? Okay. He yeah. wouldn't bet this way with a 10. No. He so he's so. betting better hands and worse hands only. Worse hands are the misdraws. Better hands are like a jack, a good jack, which doesn't really make sense to bet. Why would honestly. he ever bet a jack? He he's would never, never well, he's betting super small. He's blocking with a jack. Why would you do that when Bernier's has so many draws in his range? I don't know. I don't know why you'd do it. Um, okay, so so we're not even we're not even looking at Jack. We're looking at trip fives. Yeah, for value, right? That's yeah, pretty much it. Yeah, maybe trip five. Maybe no. If Abramovich had Jack ten, he probably would have re-raised on the uh, on the turn, right? Most of the time. Probably. I'm wondering if he can have Jack ten. Not very often. Not very often. Yeah. So it's a lot of trip fives. He's clearly yeah. trying to rep trip fives and say, go away with your draws. Yeah. I have something, obviously. I, I bet called the turn. Uh, so if you're sitting there as Bernier's, well, we block full houses a little bit. Yeah, no, we don't. A little we bit. Block, we block 10-5. We block 10-5 and 10-10. We have 10-10. Oh, ten, yeah, ten. Oh, yeah because Urbanovich has 10-10. Well, of course he doesn't, but it means more likely we can. Yeah. I mean, whatever. <laughs> There's one less 10 out there. Yes. Um. Meaning, like, Urbanovich is less likely to have a 10 in his hand. Forget about fives, but he's less likely to have another 10 in his hand. So it's good a little bit. Uh, we can have Jack-Jack. We can have 10-10. Kind of. We can have 5-5, five, five maybe. Although, if What's-His-Face has a 5, that's not going to help us. No. And if he doesn't have a 5, we should just be calling. So 5-5 five, five is not in play. We could maybe have Deuce-Deuce. Uh, that's it. So, but maybe the thought is, you just can't call. You can't call with trip fives. Go away. Can't call. Look what I've repped. That's all I got. That's the, that's the best thing I can do. I think he just got nervous and said all in. I, I mean, like... He just didn't know what to do. Yeah. It's such an easy just call. I mean, if Urbanovich really has trip fives, I don't know if he's actually folding anyway. No, I mean, for this size, it's like, okay, you never really have it when you go this size, right? Like, mm-hmm. trip fives is a lot more likely to fold if he, if Bernier's makes it 2.5 million than if Bernier's moves in. Um. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's true. It looks desperate. Yeah. Now, sometimes they have it. You say they never really have it. Right. Sometimes, sometimes they have it, but they have it less. Yeah. These like massive sizing things, generally they have it less. Yeah. Right. Because it's the go away bet. Right. Thing is, Bernier's has a pretty good hand, pretty showdownable hand here. I don't see like me. I, even if this was a bluff that made sense where Bernier's has eight, nine of clubs here. Yeah. Why would we size it like this? I don't know. How big is the pot? It's uh, 2.64 million. Urbanovich bets 425. Bernier's moves in for 6.7 effective total. We can make it 2.7 million. Yeah. And he's going to fold so much. Right. He's going to fold any jack. If somehow he has a jack, he's folding it. I don't know how he has a jack. He's folding it. Trip fives, you're right. Trip fives is not going to call any, any more or less if we move in versus we do this. Yeah. Um, this is scarier to make it 2.7 for sure than the move in. Yeah, and 100%. That's, and that's all like saying it's a bad bluff sizing when we have nine high. We actually have ace 10 here. Yeah. What's the point? I don't know. I don't know why we wouldn't just call. It's such an easy call. It's such an easy call. I mean, this guy really, he set himself up for failure in this hand. It just happens that Urbanovich doesn't have it this time. Yeah. But anytime Urbanovich has it, he's pr- 
probably going to just win the tournament like a couple hands down the road yeah. after the it's huge gonna, double up. It's just going to be over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, and, and in fact, Aronovich does win this tournament. Well, that's not a huge surprise. Even though Aronovich loses this hand, yeah. he still has a healthy stack and a clear skill advantage. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's got a skill advantage on most players, probably, but certainly on this kid. Yeah. I just, I don't know. We could try to keep analyzing the river movement, but I don't think there's much else to say. It's, it's just kind of a weird spew. It's hard to defend this. Uh, it was easier to defend the turn raise, which still seems wrong. Yeah. Still seems like negative EV, but at least... I can get there, though. I can... I can I can justify it. Yeah, it's like, well, he's probably giving up on his error anyway a lot after we call the turn. I don't know if Urbanovich is really doing that, but you could talk yourself into that. The draws are going to have to call, and can he even really three-bet me with almost anything? Yeah. Kind of a thing. That's all pretty cool. That's true, I guess. Um, But, man, yeah, it's really... I don't know how we could ever defend this one. This just feels like spew. Yes, crazy spew, which is what happens a lot with amateurs when they don't know what to do, right? Yeah. They either fold way too much or they put in way too many chips. Yep. Which I guess makes sense, right? Because you don't know what to do. So you're going to make some wrong decisions. And sometimes they're going to be... And No Limit sort of sets you up to make huge wrong decisions sometimes. Like, like this massive. one. Massive, yeah. Yeah. I mean, luckily for, for Bernier's, this one didn't cost him, but it very well could have. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the end, he lost anyway. But he at least gives himself a chance to win if he doesn't make plays like this. Right. Like, if you're making plays like this and you're both deep and the structure is good against Dmitry Abranovich, you have no chance over time unless you get extremely lucky. I mean, they're short enough that he definitely has a chance. They're like, what, 60-some-odd blinds deep yeah. like to start this hand even. And now, yeah. So Urbanovich is going to be the effective stack with, like, I don't know, 53 blinds next. So, like, so like you get to win a lot because of that, you know? I mean... But I hear what you're saying. Urbanovich with 53 blinds, if this kid consistently makes plays like this, what percentage chance do you give Urbanovich to win the tournament? If it's, like, 53 to, like, 85 or yeah. something? I would guess Urbanovich wins... More than half the time. I was going to say like 65%. If this kid's going to make plays like this specifically. Like I, I, wouldn't go, I wouldn't go that high, but I think, but I think more than 55% of the time. So I'm not that far away from yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, th- I mean, it's pretty interesting as Urbanovich. I think like a lot of what Urbanovich did in this hand was exploit. And I think if he was doing the other side of exploit where he really did have something, I mean, this is... This was going to pay off huge. So the kid is bluffing on the river. I guess. He has to be. Like He can't be expecting Urbanovich to call with 9-10 or something. Right. So the kid... So this is part of the problem with the kid's raise on the turn, right? He, like, raises, and now he's convinced himself he's beat. Yep. And it's like, well, that's not a good good way to do it, right? You don't want to set yourself up. Now, we don't think he has to be beat, no. by the way. And that's sort of why the raise is at least sort of defensible. But Right. But yeah, like if you're going to set yourself in a situation where you think you're beat and then you have to play from that point of view, you can make a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. And so the raise sets him, defines the hand in his mind too much this way. And now he's like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? Instead of he could just go call, call and win every time. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a weird one. Yes. But it was kind of fun. I liked it. All right. We'll see you guys next week. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor. A quitter is what I'm not. We got one life. And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And going to be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it.